0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: For the last two months, we have been looking at Really, some distinctives of what an empowered church is supposed to be, about what the church is supposed to do and supposed to be. And so we've looked at several different things over the last two months, for instance. We looked and saw that folks in a church, well, let, let me just stop for a moment before I tell you what the distinctive is. Does everybody understand here that when we talk about a church, we are not talking about the building, we're not talking about the nonprofit organization that is incorporated according to the laws of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people. The church is people. It's not the building. It's not the organization. It's you. If you are a part of the church, you are a part of a body of believers, a family of believers. Now, there are certain things that should mark your life and our lives collectively. If we're going to be an empowered church, there are certain things that need to be a part of our lives. And we saw them as you look through the passage there. If you look from verse 42 to 47, several things. I'll tell you what they are. Number one, that they are devoted to the Word of God. So what that means is, remember we talked about this all the way at the beginning. It's not that we sit here and say we believe the Word of God as a church, but that you believe it and are devoted to it in your life, and therefore it's reflected in the church. The Word of God has meaning to your life personally. Not only do you have a devotion to the Word of God, but you have a devotion to each other, to the community of believers here. You are committed to each other. Not only that, you are committed to prayer, that you are a praying person. You are, com- you are talking to God and interacting with Him for others continually. Another aspect of it is that your worship is cross-centered. That when you worship God, you worship Him in a way that your focus is, is on the sacrifice that He made for you. And let me just stop for a moment. I've got to make this point. Worship is not just singing. Worship's not just singing. Worship is your heart attitude. You say, how do you know that? Well, when you go all the way over to Genesis, and you go to... At the end of Genesis, when Jacob is dying, when Israel is dying, and Joseph brings his two sons to be blessed by Jacob, it says that after he blessed the two sons, that he leaned on his staff and worshipped God. What is it? His heart was filled towards God. His heart was adoring God. It wasn't a singing time. It was a heart attitude. And so we see that a marks of a church is that the folks have a cross-centered worship that's a part of their life. Another distinctive that we saw is is that they had a fear of God. The presence of God was so real to them that they were fearful of God in their life. They had an awe of Him, a reverence for Him. And then last week we saw that they were willing to sacrifice for each other. Those are distinctive marks of a church. Now there's one other mark of a church and that's where we're going to wrap up today. We're going to wrap it all up today because actually what you're going to see is you talk about prayer, we talk about devotion to each other, we talk about cross-centered worship, when we talk about the Word of God, when we talk about a fear of God and a willingness to sacrifice. All of those things work together into this last important mark, this last important distinctive, lives that impact. Look with me. Verse 46 and 47 are going to tell you because they're basically a summarization of what's going on here. Look with me what he says. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This is the final mark. In fact, the final mark happens because the others are evident. Did you hear what I'm saying? You can't have a life that impacts unless you have the other distinctives taking place in your life and in the church. Does everybody understand me? You're not going to have a life that impacts unless you're a praying person. You're not going to have a life that impacts unless you personally are in the Word of God. You're not going to have a life that impacts unless you begin to care for other people within the church. You're not going to have a life that impacts unless you are focused on worship that is cross-centered because you realize the sacrifice that Jesus has made for you and so you worship Him. You're not going to have a life that impacts unless your life is marked by Fear of God, because His presence is at work among you. You're not going to have a life that impacts unless you are willing to sacrifice what you have for the sake of others. That's the reality of what the passage is talking about here. And so we're going to see a couple of things here. First of all, we're going to see their lifestyle. Do you understand their impact they're making? We're going to see their lifestyle, and then we're going to see their impact. We're going to see their lifestyle, and then their impact. Notice with me verse 46. It's very interesting. This, I think, is so important. Look with me at just the first three words of verse 46. So continuing daily. In fact, you could go on there. With one accord. The first thing I want you to see is this. They were consistent. They were consistent. This is what's missing from North American Christianity today. This is what's missing from the lives of believers today. This is why, when the world looks at the church, they say about the people who go to church that the church is filled with what? Hypocrites! And can I remind you of something? When Jesus used that word hypocrite, he used the word hypocrite actually comes from the Greek word to, meet, to wear a mask. If you remember from high school when you studied in English about the dramas back then, that they used to wear masks. Whether you know, A lot of times the women were played by men except they had a female mask on. And that's what he's talking about here, to wear a mask, to outwardly be something that you are not inwardly. And what you're going to see about this church and this final distinctive as far as making an impact, there was one thing about their lifestyle, they were consistent they worked the same. They continued daily, it says. They were consistent. My friends, we've got a problem with that, don't we? That's what, give me an exa- I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. You're here right now. You're here for the hour and 15 minutes that we have for worship this morning. You're going to leave here, and the chances are you're going to be somebody different somewhere else. Let's say you go to a restaurant. You go to Pizza Hut, or you go to the buffet, the Chinese buffet, or you go to McDonald's, or any of the other number of restaurants here in town, and the service isn't the greatest. And there's a chance that that might happen, isn't that? Or you go to Walmart, and you get stuck in, there's only two lines open, and the place is packed, and both lights are flashing saying they got to check a price check thing going on. And you're starting to get an attitude, and so you're acting different there because you're not at church anymore. You don't need to act like you're at church anymore. You're at Walmart, so you got your Walmart face on. Or tomorrow you're going to go to work, and so you'll have your work face on. In fact, that's, a, that's pretty, so what do you mean face? Notice what I'm saying. You'll have your mask on. You'll have your hypocrisy on. Because the fact of the matter is, is we're not consistent in our lives. We're not consistent. Can I, can I explain something? Listen to me. The reason why your friends, your family, are not interested in your Jesus is because they don't see the reality of it in every aspect of your life. You're not consistent. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just simply speaking words means nothing. Anybody can talk a good talk. Anybody can talk a good talk. And that's reality. Your talk means nothing unless your life backs it up. And the reality is is you and I need to be consistent. Here's their lifestyle. They were consistent. What were they consistent in doing? We're going to see here in a moment. They were consistent. Next of all, the next thing I want you to see is, is that they were faithful to meet together. Look at what it says there. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Here's... They wanted to be with God's people. It was an important part of their life. They wanted to be with other people from the church. It was their family. They had something in common. And what they had in common wasn't their political views, wasn't their views on this, that, or another. What they had in common was Jesus and the salvation that He gave them. And so they wanted to be with the people at church. But church was people, not a building. So here's the thing. Where's your consistency? Where's my consistency? See, here, if it happened today, you had a decision to make, you woke up this morning and thought, man, a beautiful day. It's going to be 86, 87 degrees today. might get hotter. Whew! That's a good time to go to the lake. Ah, but i got to do that church thing. Which would you do? Somebody calls up and says, hey, we've got the burgers going. Ah, I can't do that because i got to go to church. What's the attitude there? See, they were consistent because they were faithful What to meet together. They wanted to be together. Look, they, they wanted to be together. They met from house to house. They enjoyed each other's company. Let me tell you something, my friends. I hear this all the time. Visitors come, and, and they'll talk to me. And, and here's what they'll tell me. They'll say, you know, boy, I like your church. People are friendly, but they don't always talk to me. Or, you're the only one who's talked to me today. Or, people don't seem happy. Or, you'll hear different things like that. What does that communicate? That communicates a lot about what? Ourselves. And that has, whether you like it or not, an impact. But the impact may be what? Negative, rather than positive. But here's what I'm saying. People want to see reality. And the reality of Jesus needs to be shown in our lives... As it is expressed towards each other. In fact, isn't that what Jesus said? Listen to what Jesus said. In John's Gospel, he said this By this shall they know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. By your love for one another. See, they were consistent, and here's what they were consistent. They were consistent in being faithful to meet together. Here's another aspect of their life their lifestyle. And I think this is what's missing lives, and especially a lot of times in our church, they were filled with a Christ-centered joy. Look what it says there. And they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. They were filled with a Christ-centered joy. Can I be honest with you? Let's be honest. Let's just stop for a moment. I want you to listen to what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to ask you a question. I don't need you to raise your hand, but I want you to just sit for a moment and think about what I'm going to say to you. If you were to look at your life, just little old you, week in, week out, would you say that your life is marked by joy? Would you say that your life is marked by a simplicity of heart, as it says here? Would you say your life is marked by daily praising Him, for who He is because of what He has done for you. Now, some of you maybe will be able to say yes, but let's be honest, for a lot of us here, we would have to say, Joy, George, I don't even know what that means anymore. Life has gotten so complicated. And hasn't it? Life has gotten complicated, hasn't it? It gets so complicated that we, we forget to even know how to laugh anymore. We forget to even know how to enjoy anymore. I mean, you know, on a beautiful day like today, we're fussing about how hot it is rather than how beautiful it is. Just think, two weeks ago you were fussing about how cold it was and how wet it was. And he gave you a beautiful day today. One of the things that they were consistent in, and listen, I'm going to tell you something, and you're going to see it in a moment, what that does is that they had a joy in their life. And you know, let's be honest folks, something has robbed us of our joy. For you especially as a Christian, your joy needs to be in Jesus and what He's done for you. And what we need to pray is what David prayed in Psalm 51. And let me encourage you, Psalm 51 is a great Psalm to read. David prayed, what did he pray? He said, Lord, what? Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Look, everything else may be terrible. Everything else may be going bad. You may be even thinking the boss is going to give you a pig slip when you go into work tomorrow. But the fact of the matter is nothing should take away your joy that you have in Jesus. And that's the joy they had. The joy of Christ now being there with them. The joy of Christ later and what He had in store for them. Joy is such a big part of the Scriptures. Paul will continually say over and over in his epistles, like in Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. But here's what we do. Can I tell you what we do? Here's how we do We lose our joy for this simple reason. We have tunnel vision. We have blinders. Ever you ever gone near Troutville or anywhere near the Amish areas and you see the buggies riding by and they'll have the blinders on them? It's to keep their focus directly ahead, not to see that car that's trying to pass them and freak them out. And, and let's be honest, we have blinders on, and our blinders are actually not good blinders. Our blinders that we have on are so focused on the negative things that are happening in our lives, the bad things that are happening, the terrible things, the health issues, the money problems, the relationship issues, the job problems, and all of this stuff. They're right there. That's all we can see, and it just sucks the life right out of us. And we don't have any joy anymore. And we've got to take it off because we've got tunnel vision. All we're seeing is our problems. And here's what we gotta do. This church, what I mean, let me explain something to you. Life was not perfect for this church. Life wasn't good for them. But here's what they did. They didn't have their blinders on with just the problems. They saw the God who was in control, who gave them salvation. You and I we've got to take the blinders off and put our eyes back on Jesus. And see the joy. See the joy. Here, here's the thing. And it's and you know how you start finding the joy again and putting your eyes back on Jesus? It's so simple. It's like, hello, George. It's so simple. Here's how you do it. You start thanking Him. You start praising Him. What do you mean by that, George? God, thank You for the stuff You do in my life. Thank You, Jesus, for the way that You answer Provide for me. I got a job. Thank you. Thank you for that flower. Thank you for the small things. You've got to begin to express joy in Him, and let me explain something. You'll have joy in Him then. We've got to take the blinders off. They were consistent. Now, let me explain something to you. Why is it so important? Let me just stop for a moment. Before we talk about their impact, I want you to see why it's so important as we look at their lifestyle that all three of these things are so important if we're going to make an impact in our community. Number one, we have to start being consistent. We have to start being the same people at home as we are in church, as we are at work. Period. It's the only way that you're going to defeat that hypocrite label. Now, there might be other hypocrites, but when they look at you, they say, there's the real thing. He's the same today as he is tomorrow. Period. We've got to be consistent. Number two, listen to me. Number two... We've got to start taking joy in our fellow believers and wanting to be with them because we know that when we get with them, we're going to be encouraged. We're going to be strengthened. They're going to be there for us. It's a family beyond any kind of family. It's a family we choose to be in. How many of you had a choice in the family you were in? None of us. So you got that pesky little brother or that aggravating sister. And you didn't have any choice in it. You just had to put up with it, didn't you? But the problem is, listen to this, listen to me. You have a choice to be a part of this family. And this family is what you make of it. It's what you make of it. And so they were faithful to meeting together. And that will have such an impact when they see that your desire is to be with people. They're going to say, man, what's up with you? What's going on here? And you could say, man, you've got to be a part of my family. Because we love each other. And then the other thing is, is when they see joy in the midst of your life. Because that will stand out. That will stand out in this culture today, won't it? Because let's be honest, there is no joy in our culture. There is no joy. Oh, there's expressions of joy. We want joy. We want hope. We want change in hopes of being joyful. But have you noticed that it doesn't bring joy? True joy comes through Jesus. And they're looking for true joy. See, this is what's going to happen. We've got to have lifestyles that are consistent, that are devoted to each other, that are filled with joy and i want you to notice what the impact will be look with me verse 47 and having favor with all the people and the lord added to the church daily those who were being saved two things i want you to see here number one here's the impact that when you when you have these things in your life when you have these three things, when you, when you have a consistency, when you have a devotion to meet with each other, when you have joy, plus you add to that lives that are consistent in prayer, the Word, worship, devotion to each other as far as sacrificing, a fear of God. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to have a good testimony among the people. You're going to have a good testimony among the people. Now, that may not change their minds about Jesus. But they're going to look at you and say, "There's the real deal." I know that there's a whole bunch of hypocrites, but there's at least one person I know that knows and trusts Jesus, and it's expressed in their life. And this person is you. And they had favor among the people. Didn't mean that the whole whole town turned upside down for them, but it knew that the people knew that that was the real deal. That those people cared for each other. That those people tried to live in accordance with what God wanted them to do. Boy, not that wouldn't that be great? That in your neighborhood and in your workplace and among your friends and your family, that when people looked at you, they said, you know, I don't really know about those Christians, but I can tell you what, so-and-so, they're the real deal. So-and-so, they really believe what they live. They live what they believe. That's an impact. But can I be honest with you? The sad thing is, is, that and statistics are showing this, today because we're not consistent because we aren't devoted to each other and because we haven't got the joy and because we're not consistent in how we live our lives we are leaving such a negative impact on our culture today where the name of Jesus and the name of Christian is, is, is dirty today because of this we're hypocrites we judge others but we can't seem to get our own acts together and we level accusations at others. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. See, here's my friend. We have earned our reputation, haven't we? The thing is, is with these folks, they were consistent. They were devoted to each other. Their lives were filled with joy. And let's notice something. They had a good testimony among the people. Period. That's an impact. You know what? You need to ask yourself, Lord, what's my, what's my life like? There's, there's an introspective moment here. Look, look, look with me. You know how you are this week. You know how you are here. You know how you are at home. You know how you are at work. You know how you are at family. You know how you are by yourself. You've got to take an introspective moment for a moment and think about it and say, Lord, am I consistent or is there inconsistencies? And my friends, if there's inconsistencies, let me just be make you aware of it. You may be blind to them, but everybody else isn't. And what we need to pray is, God, help me to be consistent so that I have a good testimony for you among the people who are around me. So that's what we see there. They, they, they had a good testimony among the people. And here's the other thing. The other aspect of their, the impact that they made with their lifestyle is that people, people found salvation in Christ. Let me just stop for a moment. We've got to defeat something here. Do you understand the key to People coming to know Jesus Christ is not how good a preacher is. It's not whether or not Billy Graham is still being able to preach or not, and he's doing his crusades. The key to people coming to know Jesus Christ is with you and how you live your life and you live what you believe. Because here's the thing. Statistics are showing it. People in this country, even people in our community... They are interested in spiritual things and they want to know about God. But here's the problem: for most of the people in our community, the only testimony about God that they're ever going to hear or see is from you, not from me. I can't meet that many people in the community in a week. I, I don't. I, you know, there are people that I rub shoulders with, yes. But if we had everybody that you were going to meet this week. There's no way that combined with all the people that you personally are going to meet this week that I can meet every one of them. Unless they all gathered in one hall for me to talk to And you and I know that that isn't going to work. The reality is, is that people come to salvation because of the testimony that they have before Him. So here's what I'm trying to say to you. This church had an impact because their lives were consistent. They loved each other. They were filled with joy. They had favor among the people. And here's what happened. God used it and brought people to salvation every day. He used it to bring people to salvation every day. Wow, wouldn't that be great if that happened? How do we wrap this up, George? Well, let's ask ourselves this question. And don't let this one fly over your head. You need to think about this one. What kind of an impact are you making? Think with me for a moment. Think with me. Your family, your neighbors, the community. Maybe you're part of civic groups or whatever, or whatever your involvement is. Your your interaction in the community, whether you go grocery shopping or whatever. The guy who pumps your gas, spills half of it out on the outside of your car, then still charges you for it. The people you work with? What kind of an impact are you having? For instance, while he's spilling gas on the outside of your car, he, he, he recognizes you've got the fish symbol on the back of your car, and then you're cursing him out because of what he did. Do me a favor. Scrape the fish off. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's reality, isn't it? What kind of an impact are you making in this world? You've got to ask yourself. Let me ask you something. If we were true to ourselves, we would say, yeah, I want to make an impact with my friends about Jesus. I want my loved ones to come to know the Lord. Isn't that true? We all want that, don't we? But you know what? It's not going to start with, boy, I hope that George gets his act together. It's, I better get my act together. And listen, when you've got a church like that, where you've got people who are wanting to make an impact, and the church is filled with those kind of people where they're guarding their lives, they're joy-filled, they're consistent. They are devoted to meeting with each other. Man, think of what kind of church that is and what kind of church that would have in the, in the community. So that brings up my next point. Can you see his vision for the church? My friends, church is not the pessimist club. You know what I mean by that? Well, let's get together. and Oh, I want to share testimony today. And, boy, life is so terrible. It's just beating up on me. And, well, i got a better one than that. My tires broke down right on Walmart during rush hour. And, you know, I didn't even have money to put new ones in there. That's well, you know, here's the other one. I ran out of gas on I-80 in the construction zone. Oh, that's really bad. And the doctor told me I'm going to live another ten years. That's terrible. That's the kind of attitude we have about church. Is come in and let's share our moans and groans together. And there's a place for that to encourage one another. But it's not should not be the total focus. There's no joy there. Can you see God's vision for a church where we have people who are, who are there, who are excited, who love the Lord, who love each other, and who make an impact? Who make an impact? And then finally, here's the thing. Ask God to make us a church that impacts the world. It isn't just going to happen overnight. You already know that consistency isn't just going to happen overnight. You're not just going to start being consistent. Being devoted to each other and showing up here because we have something going on isn't just going to happen overnight. Having joy, you notice that, you just can't turn that spigot on. Have you noticed that? It's going to take you waiting on God and praying, God, help me, help me, Lord, help us to become that kind of church that impacts our community. The question is, do you want to be that church?
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. We trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. Before we leave you today, George would like to share some special news about an upcoming event. Friends, we want to thank you for being a regular listener to the Heart Zone program. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, we are encouraging our folks to become men and women of God's Word. In an effort to help them achieve this, we have provided them with a Bible reading guide we would like to provide that Bible reading guide to our listeners. If you would like a guide, simply write or call us to request one. There is no charge. The guides are free. Simply contact us at Kerwinsville Christian Church, 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania, 16833. Or you can call us at 814-236-1622. We want you to to become a man or woman of God's Word. So contact us and request a free guide. Once again, thanks for being a faithful listener. And may God bless you and all that you face this coming week.